Every year, on the first Friday of August, hundreds of thousands of riders gather in Sturgis, South Dakota for a 10-day motorcycle rally. This year, whilst in the midst of a pandemic, Sturgis still took place, and just like every other year, the American Association of Motorcycle Injury Lawyers, otherwise known as Low Tigers, was there. I'm Lee Levy, co-founder of Nanatomedia, and this is In Camera Podcast, where the focus is on helping, not selling. podcast private legal marketing conversations grace we're back another week how are you today good how are you today leo grace i'm doing great you know what it's been just a really really busy week a lot of new developments right from new local service ads for law firms in google all the way down to just today updates on google my business listings how they work how we can post how we can interact with them and so we'll leave that for another conversation because today we really have a very exciting conversation lineup grace so without further ado i'll let you go ahead and introduce our special guest for today so we have a special treat for everybody today it's uh, slightly different than our normal um track, I guess you'd say. So we're super excited to welcome to our Incomer podcast, Ari Levenbaum, and he's from the American Association of Motorcycle Injury Lawyers, also known as Law Tigers. He's joining us for a conversation about niche marketing for law firms. Ari is the co-owner and chief operating officer of Law Tigers, a national network of local law firms committed to protecting motorcycle riders. As COO, Ari oversees all operations, marketing, branding, and public relations campaigns and initiatives. Ari is also an avid motorcyclist, both on-road and off-road, and enjoys riding anything with a motor. Ari, welcome to In Camera Podcast, and let us know where you are. Well, thank you, Grace. That was uh, quite the introduction. I uh, appreciate that. I'm actually in uh, the Black Hills of South Dakota for the uh, 80th 80th annual Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. So this is a uh, um, quite quite the treat to be here. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm here with my team uh, marketing to uh, to my demographic. Uh, in this case, motorcycle riders, and uh, we've been here now a couple of weeks. I've been here about a week myself, and and uh, have enjoyed every minute of it. Gotten to ride my motorcycle, my new Harley, around the Black Hills, and attend some functions and uh, just meet like-minded people and have a great time at the same time, get a little work in and, and, and promote the brand to uh, to riders throughout the country. Ari, that's amazing. Again, thank you so much for creating the time for being here. So I got to ask, where are you at the Smash Mouth concert last weekend? <laughs> that's too funny. I, I can't believe you even knew that. You, you do your homework. Uh, actually, I was not. I, I am not a Smash Mouth fan, um, but I know some people that are. It's funny you mention that because uh, that's one of the main attractions of the rally. Uh, we, there's several large venues, uh, the Buffalo Chip being one of them, Glencoe another. And the Buffalo Chip is known for having the uh, the biggest, uh, best bands, if you will. Um, ZZ Top, Ozzy, who I saw backstage a couple years ago. Wow. But no, I didn't make it a smash mouth. I'm not much of a concert goer. Uh, if you go out to the Chip, you'll see that it's kind of a dust bowl. 
Uh, and uh, I'm more of a daytime kind of guy. I do my riding, my networking, charity functions, dinners, and then I'm usually back at the house by 10 o'clock uh, just hanging out with some of the staff. Some of the younger folks that work for me, uh, after working all day, they muster up the energy to uh, to go out and uh, to hit, hit the restaurants, or I'm sorry, hit the bars and concerts, but that's not uh, in the cards for me. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little too old for that at this point in my life, but, uh, but I appreciate you asking. Of course, absolutely. And you know, um, of course, we cannot ignore the fact that this is all happening whilst during a pandemic. Um, what can you tell us a little bit about that? How, how does that atmosphere feel uh, impacted by it? Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I, I figured that this, uh, this rally would get a lot of attention, you know, both good and bad, depending on your, your perspective or viewpoint. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it is the largest gathering that, at least that I'm aware of, in, in the country or possibly the world during the pandemic. Uh, uh, you have several hundred thousand people at a minimum. I've heard numbers as high as three or four hundred thousand uh, converging um, on this small town. Now, granted, there, there are little towns throughout the Black Hills that people stay at, but everyone does end up coming here at some point in time. Um, and so you have a lot of people around. Uh, my team are all wearing masks while they, uh, they work the, uh, the vending booth. We have gloves. We have uh, hand sanitizer. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of people around, um, and, and many choose not to wear masks, and that's, that's, their, that's their decision. But, um, you know, we've had CNN here. We've seen Fox News, major networks. In fact, Sturgis was trending for some time. I don't know if it still is because of the, uh, the attention it garnered. And so we actually brought up a, a production team this year because I anticipated uh, an appetite for this type of uh, content. So I've got a four-person four production team, uh, and they're capturing um, the essence of Sturgis. So we're filming races and events and, you know, all the crazy stuff that goes on here, concerts. We've been doing Facebook Live daily, several in fact, and we're getting huge, huge numbers, in some cases 10,000, 20,000 uh, views on Facebook and or YouTube. Um, and so... You know, because it is COVID and because it is a large gathering and, and again, it is uh, somewhat controversial, uh, there seems to be uh, an appetite for what's going on here. But you come here and quite honestly, it seems to be business as usual. You don't see much of a difference with one exception. This is the 80th anniversary. And if it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a pandemic, it would probably be two or three times busier. But uh, and they did cancel a few things here. The concerts, the concerts uh, the, or the, the, the musicians or bands rather are not you know, the A-listers they typically bring in. Um, but, you know, I don't regret coming. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a decision that we made. Uh, everyone that's here uh, volunteered to come. No one was forced to do so. And we have protocols every morning. We're checking everyone's temperature. Uh, you know, we're using gloves when we make food. Um, we're trying, you know, we're doing everything we can to, to uh, be respectful of people's, uh, you know, personal space and, and health. But, um, um you know, there are a number of businesses that chose not to come, like large companies like Harley Davidson, Indian, and some of the other big players. Uh, they're much larger companies. Uh, I don't know if, if it had to do with, uh, you know, decisions internally, but um, we're still plugging away and we're putting out quite a bit of uh, promotional items. In fact, I think we're averaging about 3,000 of our wallets or little uh, sunglass cleaners every day. We're getting tons of data capture on a giveaway we're doing. And, uh, you know, we're servicing our demographic and, and many people that have 
uh, we've encountered have thanked us for coming because uh, they know that it is, a, it, you know, it is a risk and it is a serious a, a situation that took seriously. In fact, I just talked to my operations director and she does want to uh, come up with a plan for me and my videographer, who's he's my full-time videographer. The other folks were, were contract that are filming to make sure that we're not putting the other staff members in the office at risk. So I'll either be quarantining when I get back or uh, distancing myself from the team. Uh, and wearing, you know, masks and gloves uh, and checking my temperature just, just so they're not uncomfortable or put, put uh, in a risky situation. Yeah, as you know what, Ari, just as you've said, this is a measured risk that uh, you and the team that is there are taking and we respect and value a lot what is it that you're sharing here, right? And it speaks a lot to the fact that you are after us specific market, a specific uh, segment that is there. And so you are where your clients are. And so that comes to talk a lot about what is it that we're going to be talking down this conversation. Uh, I just want to comment, right, while I've never been in surges in this event, though I have lived in uh, Washington DC for three or four years. And I remember every fourth, uh, sorry, every Memorial Day weekend when a lot of motorcycle uh, riders will come to town to, you know, honor the veterans and such. And it's yes. just amazing to see. It's so impressive. So, so impressive, right? How, um, yes. you know, just the way that they arrive, how do they organize themselves? How do they ride throughout the, you know, the monuments and such? It's just so, so impressive. It's so organized um, that it really kind of, kind of uh, comes to uh, uh, show the amount of organization and devotion that there is and exists um, in this community. So very, very impressive. That's as far as my experience goes yeah there's actually there's actually an event called run for the wall mm -hmm. that uh that brings hundreds of thousands of riders to uh to uh dc and uh you know th this demographic is very patriotic uh very loyal very charitable and also very uh set in their ways and so and and when i say this you know i'm talking about um you know the the we call it the harley v-twin uh model these are you know, typically, you know, Harleys, Indians, uh, American-made motorcycles. But this demographic is usually 30, you know, to 60-year-old, uh, primarily male, but 80% male, although the female demographic or female population is increasing in terms of ridership. But it's very different than, uh, uh, let's just say, your, you know, your, um, uh, you know, your your metric rider that, that uh, is on, you know, Honda, Kawasaki, Suzuki, sport bike, or, dual sports so within within the uh you know the space there are subsets if you will different avatars um the sturgis in particular represents the you know the more uh, conservative traditional um uh, demographic and they don't like being told what to do uh and you can see it here um and they tend to be again more conservative leaning and uh but at the same time very charitable very patriotic uh and uh and stick together and uh you know want to experience freedom and the open road and and not be not be you know cooped up or uh or restricted in what they believe or say and so you know you've got to cater to to your audience and and my audience is here in full force and so i have an obligation to my members to to market services and also to provide value and education to the riding public should they ever need our legal services and so uh, I thought long and hard about it, but it just made sense to be here. 
Yes, excellent. And so, of course, you know, by now, one thing is super clear to us. Yeah, right. You're a writer. It's something that you do. You're very passionate about. But how does the whole legal marketing thing comes to play? Can you kind of tell us a little bit your journey, like how, you know, a writer becomes a legal uh, marketing uh, um, expert? So, um Essentially, just to give you kind of an overview of, of our program, uh, the Law Tigers is made up of, of member firms, and these firms uh, each have either uh, an area, a territory, or the entire state in which they they control, uh, and they license from us. So we, we call it a licensed membership. So what we do is look for uh, like-minded attorneys who are looking to expand their practice, develop a niche, a complementary practice area, if you will, uh, to drive motorcycle cases to their practice. But it, 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 you know, I'm oversimplifying. It, it's a process. We vet these firms. We make sure that they have, you know, similar culture and beliefs that they want to help riders. They're not just doing it for financial gain, but so that they can make a difference, have an impact in their community, uh, and really help riders in need. Because look, if someone is injured, we want to make sure that they're getting the very best legal representation. If the cases do have to go to trial, that there's trial lawyers that are going to, you know, take these insurance companies to the mat and, and hold them accountable uh, and, and make sure that these riders, many of whom are really badly injured, uh, loss of limb, you know, lifelong injury, lifelong injuries, some of whom require lifelong care, are provided with, you know, the compensation they deserve, assuming there's insurance available. But, um, you know, most of our firms uh, uh are riders. Every one of the firms has someone who's a rider in it. I say most of the lawyers are riders. And, you know, you really need to be to be able to understand and relate to what these riders are going through. Even if you haven't been in an accident, you still have to understand, you know, their mental state and their attachment to their motorcycle and their gear, uh, which we spend time, you know, helping them with the property damage. And, uh, you know, a friend, if, if you will, because when these guys are in an accident, it's, it's oftentimes much different than, than being in a car. You know, you don't have a cage. You don't have protection. And so you need, um, you really need somebody that can relate to you and that is there to help you out in time of need. And, you know, it's in some cases the worst thing they're going through in their lives. They don't have the ability to, uh, you know, to deal with these insurance companies on their own. So. Um, me being a rider, I feel like I have a different understanding and perspective, and that's why we look for, for riders who also, or lawyers who also understand that. We've had a few firms where they didn't have a, uh, a bunch of riders, and many of them have decided to go and get their, their endorsement. They go to a class, and they, um, you know, they learn, because it's important to know what, what these folks are thinking and feeling. Um, I can't tell you the stories I've heard, horrific stories of individuals that, you know, the wife lost her husband in a fatal motorcycle accident or the rider has lost a limb. Um, uh, these are serious accidents and uh, they have to be taken seriously. Yeah, motorcycles are such a special thing. And um, so that kind of brings us to the next phase or question. And it's kind of funny that we're going to even talk about this because very few people know, but Ari does. Um, Ari and I have been, we've known each other for quite some time now, probably a couple of years, right, Ari? Um, at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, and 
I'm actually, and used to be, not currently, but I used to be a writer and it's a very specific group of people, exactly like Ari said. And so when we met, it was one of those conversations that, you know, how do you, how do you understand what the niche marketing is? Why would you go towards writers? You know, why is it something special? Well, if you're a writer or have ever been a writer or knew the writing community, we know that this is a very special group of people. And if you are not a writer, it, it can be very difficult to understand why a writer is attached to his or her bike, why it's a community of people. It's it's who we are, right, Ari? I mean, I think that's probably the closest thing to say. So that brings me to the question, how important would you say it is to be an insider for the audience that you're targeting? I think it's critical, right? With, if you're not, and you try to be, the inauthenticity will come through. Um, you've got to be able to understand what what this special group is all about. And it's not just about riding a motorcycle. Um, it's really about, it's a lifestyle. And, and I actually tell folks that meet us, you know, look, we're not a law firm, because we're not. Law Tigers is not a law firm. You know, we're comprised of law firms, and we're an association of law firms. But quite honestly, we're a lifestyle brand. And I, could, I compare ourselves to other companies that, that promote lifestyle. Look, nobody wants to be marketed to about what to do if you're in an accident. That's the last thing they want to hear if they haven't been in an accident. And our approach is to really ingratiate ourselves within the writing community and ingrain our brand so that if and when it happens, they call us. But in the meantime, we feel like we're so much more than just a, a, a solution to a problem. Uh, we feel like we're a resource. And that uh, translates into doing a number of initiatives throughout the year to promote the good things and the fun and the uh, the culture, if you will, of motorcycle riding. And so, you know, our marketing strategy, quite honestly, is is, is focused on charitable support. We support in every every one of our markets, you know, up to a hundred charities and events a year. Many of which the marketing managers who's really our eyes and ears within each market. They're, they're the individual that goes to shops and attends events and supports club initiatives and educates the public. Uh, so we do charitable work. We also educate shops. We do shop talks and club talks. We talk about insurance and safety. Because many of our clients, quite honestly, don't have uh, adequate insurance. They even don't, many times, don't even know what uninsured and underinsured motorist is. So we have to educate them. Uh, in fact, we have a, a little document holder that has the recommended insurance levels on the back. We give hundreds of thousands of those out every year. Um, we also uh, go to many events and promote safety and awareness. Uh, we partner with dealerships. Um, we write articles about safety and insurance. And, you know, we highlight all the good things, races, events. Uh, yeah. And so if you're not part of this, this community uh, and, and this culture, it's very hard to understand. And it's also very hard to be accepted. We're in the legal space, right? And, and many people are anti-lawyer. Uh, and we're able to really transcend that because of what we do. Yes, I, I can definitely add to that. So um, I think what attracted me to Law Tigers as a whole was your branding and you live the lifestyle that you are promoting. You're not just shoving it down somebody's throat and or being inauthentic, which it can be seen really in any industry or any target market or demographic, but I feel, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like 
this group of people, um, you know, uh, the motorcycle riders are extremely loyal and very <clears throat> specific about not letting somebody just market to them. You need to be a part of who they are. So that ki- that kind of brings me to, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because I, I don't want to name names, but there are some other firms out there that have hired, you know, like a, a spokesperson, for example, and I've seen it recently in some markets. And uh, they say, you know what? We want some of this motorcycle action. You know, we want some of this motorcycle business. You know, we're going to, and it's actually some of it's come out of the fact that, that the markets are interested are not available because we provide our markets uh, to, to, to lawyers exclusively. So once that state or territory has is, is been taken, it's not available. So there's a marketing company that uh, offers a, a, a well-known individual who used to be on TV to pitch for them. And so you, you pay your whatever your fee and he'll cut the spot and it runs. And I can't tell you how many people in the community have told me that, you know, it's a joke or they understand that this lawyer is just looking to capitalize on the market by hiring some spokesperson that's never even met the firm in many cases. So, you know, it's important to be authentic, but it's also important to be part of the community. Just running a TV ad or some digital ads is not going to be enough. You've got to have the community involvement. You've got to have the authenticity. You've got to have the passion. You know, look, all my marketing staff are writers. I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how often I, I run into people that who thank us for, for what we do. And it's not just the legal support, but the charitable support and the giving. And I've been to countless functions here, charitable functions, where we've donated money and time and, and our expertise. And that takes work. you got to roll up your sleeves. Throwing money at something, is, especially in this particular niche, is not going to translate into... Uh, the type of business that, that these firms expect. And I have this conversation with my members. I say, look, when we do these budgets, you know, you've got to have a large grassroots budget and that money will be going to charity and education and support and events. And yes, we do have the TV. We do have the digital as compliments, but really the core of our program is what we do in the community and everything else supports it and, and, and feeds it. And so uh, unless you're part of this community, like I said, and you see it for yourself, you want to understand. And I see it in the intakes. You know, we track all, everything. We're data-driven, process-driven company. Uh, we use HubSpot and Salesforce. Uh, uh, Salesforce for my marketing team and HubSpot for my digital team. And, and we track what comes in. And in the markets that uh, have, have that are mature, that are developed, we'll see as much as 50% of our business coming in directly from uh, a grassroots effort, a promotional item, a, a referral from a shop, an event, a club. And so uh, for us, it's really all about community and, 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 the, and the grassroots efforts that we, we put forth every, every day uh, that we're out there in the field. So Ari, I want to I dig a little bit deeper into that. I'm hearing here a lot that really what makes you uh, low tigers, what you are, is your community outreach, is that presence that you have in your community, right? Now, tell us a little bit, how does that translate into your actually marketing investments, right? So it looks like you put a lot of effort, time, money into uh, community outreach. What happening with the what's happening with the other media channels? How would you distribute percentage wise? Like how much of your efforts go or budget goes to community outreach? How much goes to traditional media, digital? I'm particularly interested in hearing uh, how much of an impact digital uh, has in your uh, marketing efforts. Sure, that's a good question. So you know, our whole program was was founded on on grassroots. And over the years, we've had to evolve because uh, grassroots alone is not going to drive the, the value or the, or the volume 
that we need to sustain the program. And, you know, I'm not the most technical person. Grace and I have had this conversation, in fact, several times. I'm kind of a latecomer to the whole social media movement and, and digital marketing movement. We started utilizing digital probably about five or six years ago, maybe a little longer than that, but we weren't doing it effectively. And I hired countless folks that uh, came in and, and tried to develop the program, and I just wasn't getting the results I needed. And so I've now found a really good partner that uh, has put together a comprehensive digital strategy, including social media and SEO, PPC. But, but to answer your first question, in terms of the marketing mix, about 20% of our budget goes to grassroots marketing. And when I say that, maybe 25%. You know, we have a marketing manager. They have promotional items that are given out at events and at shops, things that have utility and shelf life and, and, uh, and, and are visible to the community. You know, we have pens and notepads, lip balms, T-shirts. You know, we've got uh, counter masks. The list goes on. I've got probably 100 different items. So, and then you've got the marketing manager. Uh, and his or her salary, you know, their travel expenses, event sponsorships, charitable donations, uh, average publica- local publications and newsletters. So that all encompasses about, I'd say, 20% or so of the overall annual budget. Um, uh, the largest line item, quite honestly, is our traditional marketing, uh, and namely television and outdoor. Uh, we did add radio back into the mix a few years ago. I have two full-time media buyers and one of the one of them is a, a big believer in radio if done right. So we have endorsers that are uh, riders on the uh, on the uh, radio. We do contests. We do interviews. We we really utilize radio the way it used to be done, uh, not just bots and dots, which is essentially running ads. So the traditional, you know, and uh, traditional generally can be as much as 50%. Uh, depends on the market. You know, we're in 31 states over 40 markets and some of these markets are large, large markets, um, and, uh, large DMA. So it, it, it can be minimally several hundred thousand dollars in some cases, uh, more than that for a, uh, for an annual, uh, uh budget. Um, and the outdoor as well can be expensive. It depends on the market, but, uh, uh, that does make up a, a large chunk. And then of course, uh, digital is an ever growing part. Uh, and that's usually about 20%. Uh, of our of our budget, and in some cases it is more if the television is cost prohibitive. Uh, in some of these larger markets, we'll have a larger digital budget, and most of that uh, digital budget goes to PPC. These uh, com- words are competitive. You know, motorcycle lawyer keywords are competitive. Our mission really is to drive uh, the branded keyword search. So we go in and we educate the community and the public at large about the fact that there is such a thing as a motorcycle lawyer, and then that becomes. Uh, the search terms, and then hopefully they click on Law Tigers, which is a much less expensive keyword. But um, our big push, quite honestly, now is Google My Business uh, and SEO. Uh, we are having our members all uh, verify their addresses, put in reviews, and really drive that local search because um, we feel like it's a more, it's a much more cost-effective way to uh, to convert um, opportunities. But it's important. Digital has, has uh, become a main focus for me and my team. Um, we see that the demographic is changing. Younger folks that are on motorcycles, you know, are not necessarily going to motorcycle events like uh, like the folks that are in their 40s and 50s. Uh, the, the, the non-Harley riders are not organized. They may go out in smaller groups. So they're more into, you know, uh, engineering and performance. 
So we have a whole content strategy that we've developed, putting out content that will um, that will show up on on searches to show that we want to educate riders on on things uh, that uh, can help them uh, other than accidents. So we do some accident content. I'm not going to tell you we say we we don't do that, but but a lot of our content really is based on on um, what searches are going on out there. So it's, it's a strategy that's driven on on data on on what things people want to see and learn about. And we're seeing more and more of our inquiries uh, result from uh, from digital search. So it's, it's, it's extremely promising. And I'm excited that we can really extrapolate data and see where these leads are coming from and do a better job of effectively marketing to folks uh, in different places. That's wonderful. Really interesting there. Ari, when you say that you're now uh, really pushing for a local SEO strategy, right? Trying to push yourself into the local packs in each one of the markets that you are represented. So are you saying that basically the law firms that are partnering with you are establishing the low tigers locations at their office they're registering like uh low tiger low tiger location through their google my business and therefore getting the brand out locally in that way yes absolutely and you know google's made some changes over the years that you're probably well aware of many of our members may have you know uh the whole state or multiple states and it wasn't necessarily cost effective to have offices in every city every major city throughout the state. So for the for years, we had virtual offices through Regis. Um, and then we would meet our clients there uh, when when they couldn't come to our uh, to our main office. And um, what we found was that Google was uh, was essentially uh, dinging us and they were not recognizing these virtual offices. So we've been going through this major transition over the past year, getting our members to uh, uh, if they if they don't have uh, office space in some of these smaller markets, to consider doing so. And obviously, you can't run you can't you know rent office space in 30 different locations. So we're looking for the major markets where the largest amount of search volume occurs. And uh, for example, in, you know in Arizona, which uh, is my father's market, he's he's our founder, and he has a law firm as well. Uh, um, you know, he's we've got uh, two Google My Business locations. Uh, one of them is the main office, of course, and then the other one's in Tucson. So they have to, you know, rent office space and, and staff it and have, you know, equipment in there. So it's been a bit of a challenge, but uh, but it's important to have those verified addresses along with reviews, which we're pushing out now. And and um, it's just important. So uh, many times we'll do a different suite number if they have their own main office with their firm name. Uh, we'll do like a suite number and a different dedicated location. Uh, for Law Tigers, because we don't want to mix the two. Everything is branded and marketed in the Law Tigers for marketing purposes, even though the clients are the are the are the clients of the particular firm. But uh, we need to be able to show up and search. It's important. Absolutely, I can see why would that be important for you. Now, you say that a lot or most of the lawyers that actually partner up with Law Tigers, they're actually writers themselves, and I'm actually curious when you present these attorneys through your brand do you present them as attorneys writers or writers attorneys right so basically the difference would be do you actually show them with their motorcycles or they're wearing a suit on this traditional headshot good question and you know, we've had some pushback over the years i think the newer members understand that but you know when we're when we're marketing them on our website because they do have their own pages on our website as well as landing pages uh, the, the focus really is them, um, 
in their gear. We have some cases where they'll be like, we'll have multiple shots, one in their suit, one in their bike. But the real push is these are attorneys who ride. Okay. So when you're a rider, you want an attorney, obviously, that's qualified, but you want them also to understand that you ride. And so uh, currently, we're, we're putting uh, more photos, in fact, of the, of the, of the lawyers on their bikes. Um, but we do have some instances where they would like to have both. You know, their professional suit shot and then their, you know, attorney by day and rider by weekend and evening, you know. Uh, and I think that's kind of cool. You see the, you know, the, the economy or the, 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 you know, the difference between, you know, what they do by day and what they do by night. But look, even, even riders want lawyers that are qualified and that understand, you know, what they're doing. Just because they ride doesn't make them qualified. They have to be good lawyers too. Um, but we're doing a lot of video now, actually, as well. So I have a full-time videographer, as I mentioned, and, and, uh, he and my offer, he and my member relations manager will go into every market. And they will spend a couple of days with every firm and they will do uh, lawyer testimonials with clients as well as uh, uh, lawyer FAQs and, and, you know, kind of what the lawyer uh, is all about. So these videos then go onto our website. They go onto YouTube to show people that, you know, we're the real deal. We have clients who are very happy with our services. We also have lawyers understand what they're going through. And look, these accidents are different. Uh, you know, the, the, the typical uh, auto accident is, is not the same as a motorcycle accident. You know, we have specialists and experts that, that we utilize to talk about braking distance and evasive maneuvers and the engineering of the motorcycle and the way they brake uh, that is much different than cars. So you really want uh, attorneys to understand these nuances and that can represent you uh, when, when you are in an accident. And uh, we bring all the lawyers together for a summit every year and we get to share ideas and I bring in experts and they learn from each other. And we also have monthly webinars where the lawyers can collaborate, share ideas. And we talk about the latest and greatest within, within the space and the community. And then we have the marketing managers on the marketing side and they too uh, meet and they have a director over them. And so we, you know, the, the, our, our business is run like a business. You know, we have infrastructure, we have processes, uh, we have the right team members in, in the right places to drive, the value and the business to our members that they expect and they need to justify being part of the Law Tigers program. That's fantastic. And, you know, I can actually speak to a little bit about your conference or summit every year. Uh, it's funny because I, you know, I work with a bunch of other law firms as well, and they've actually asked me about your summit and <laughs> how to get into it. So <laughs> can you talk to, yeah, to us? So it's or, it's, go ahead. Yeah, talk a little bit about it for me. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Sorry about that. So yeah, we have uh, our annual Law Tigers Lawyers Summit, and actually, it isn't just lawyers. We actually invite uh, their support staff as well because I think it's important. Oftentimes, too much focus is placed just on the lawyer and not on the team that supports the, the lawyer, and that includes intake, that includes paralegals, that includes operations, and so we allow the firms to bring uh, several of their uh, team members. You know, I like to, I, I like them to bring the intake person who runs the intake department. That's another component of our business that we focus heavily on. Because uh, look, if you get leads but you don't convert the leads or you don't take care of the clients, then you're not going to have uh, clients in the long run, and uh, you're going to you're going to waste a lot of money and in time. So, uh, but you have to be a member to be part of this, um, and because there's there's obviously uh, you know information on revenue and practices that uh, we we don't feel would would be beneficial to get out to the competition, if you will. 
Um, and we want to make it intimate and, and have everyone there get to know each other more. And we're trying to really facilitate you know, this, this team, this collegiality, and also cross-referencing. So if someone's in an accident, let's say, in, you know, in California, but they live in New York, uh, you know, the way we route these, these leads, it, it goes to where the person lives. But our hope is that, and oftentimes it happens, that the lawyers will, will refer that to the person uh, in the state where, where the accident happened so that client's represented, uh, you know, in, in, in a proper way. Um, but we, you know, we get together for three days and, um, you know, we have some fun. We have the cocktail parties and the dinners and the social events. But, you know, really what, what makes it special is the fact that they can talk openly and honestly about how their firm is doing uh, with cases. You know, they can talk about challenges and how to overcome those challenges. They can talk about other resources and, and other opportunities. And, and so, you know, the roundtable discussions are always the best. And when the members agree to present to uh, one another, which we facilitate, those always get the, the, the most interest and, and the most uh, engagement because you've got a lawyer that's been with us, let's say, you know, for 10 years, has had a lot of success and won some big, you know, verdicts. you got this new firm because we have firms of, of differing degrees of length as far as how long they go with us. And they want to learn, you know, about this case or this opportunity. And so it's just music to my ears to see it when you've got, you know, the younger firm or the younger lawyer, you know, listening to the older lawyer. And then once the, once the event ends or that, that, that particular segment ends and they, they, you know, at the end of the day, they go and have a drink together and they talk to each other and they exchange numbers. And, you know, and it's just, this is what my father and I always envisioned is having a true, a true association, a true brotherhood and sisterhood of lawyers, like-minded lawyers that, that want to help out riders. And, you know, my father and I grew up riding. I've had motorcycles since I was seven years old and still do. And, you know, this is a passion for us. Yes, it's a lucrative business. It's something I love and we live and breathe every day, but it's really, you know, for me about the fun and the, and the, and the, and the support we give. And it's not just on the rider side. I've become very friendly with these law firms. You know, I call them on their birthdays and anniversaries. We talk all the time when I'm in town, we have dinner. Uh, they become friends, uh, these, these, these lawyers and, and these, these, uh, firms that are part of our group. And, it's just something very special that's hard to, to put into words. And I'm just so fortunate to have this opportunity. And I also want to, you know, uh, mention that, you know, the staff and the team that I have on the marketing side, uh, without them, we, we wouldn't be where we are today. In fact, my right-hand guy is standing right to my left here, Lionel Gammon, and he runs the entire ground game for us. Uh, he's my VP of field operations, and he works harder than anyone I know, myself included. And, you know, he's been running this whole show. Uh, here in Sturgis, he oversees um, about 40 marketing managers as well as uh, four regional directors, and they really uh, are, are the ones that, that make us stand out and, and flourish at events like Sturgis. No, that makes perfect sense, Ari. And, and to, to, his, to your point, honestly, uh, your whole family is a writing family, even mama writer, right? So I, I personally yep, know and have seen all of <laughs> them. I think your mom's amazing. Your dad's amazing. And they're really cool looking people. <laughs> they're all writers, guys. So he's coming from yeah. a place that is truly the community. <laughs> it is awesome, right? Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, my dad, you know, he's getting a little up there in years, although he could write if he wanted to. And he does occasionally still. But some of my fondest memories uh, uh, with him are when we rode together around the Rockies. I did that with him gone up PCH, you know, to Northern California with them on, on their motorcycles, of course. And even younger, I mean, I remember when I was 
think, 10 years old, going to the Yuma Sand Dunes on my ATC, and we hit a windstorm. We had to, like, get in the car and hunker down because uh, it was so it was so windy and, and so much dust flying. But Quinn, and, I, and I used to take my ATC out and my dirt bikes out on the golf course, and, and look, you know, I shouldn't have been on the golf course, of course, but uh, <laughs> I, I rode it on the golf course and the dirt lots anywhere I could find. So my fondest memories, both young and old, have been on a motorcycle. And I actually rode here from uh, from Phoenix. I rode up with a couple of friends, one of whom is the promoter of Arizona Bike Week. And that's one of the privileges I have is I get to know people in the industry. I'm friends with promoters and I'm friends with builders and guys that own dealerships. But uh, he and I rode up with the gentleman who painted my new, my new bike that I just got. And uh, the three of us had a great time, spent three days on the road. And, you know, for me... Obviously, uh, you're getting to, trying to get to a place, but it's really not the, the destination, but but the journey. And I think that's what resonates with riders is it, it is the culture, it's the you know, freedom of the open road, it's being able to hang out with like-minded people. And when I got on that bike and started riding for those three days, you know, I I, I you know just let loose all the stuff that's going on with you know the pandemic and you know business matters kind of fell by the wayside and, and I just got to live in the moment and enjoy the ride and be focused on that as well as the friendships and, and the camaraderie and, and not get stressed out having to deal with the, you know, the day-to-day, um, you know, struggles and issues uh, that, that come typically with owning a business. And so, you know, to me, that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, being here, even though it's work, to me, it's fun. It's a pleasure. And I've had, you know, and I've been cooped up for three months, you know, in, in my office and at home. So getting out here and being able to do this and, and be with these people has, has been a godsend. And I'm just so fortunate to be able to do it. I, I'm already Googling learn how to ride, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> just get your endorsement. It's fine. Yeah. Go to, go to a yeah. local Harley shop and get your endorsement. <laughs> yeah. It's important. Easy. You got to do that. It's funny because I've interviewed a ton of people while I've been here. I've been hosting some of the interviews, and that's the one thing when I ask insiders and veterans, you know, what would they recommend if someone hasn't ridden and wants to ride? You got to take a safety class. You know, we're real big on safety. Look, I don't yes. want to see anyone get hurt. I, I'm in a business that represents people at their worst, and I, I know that's what feeds me. But the reason why I'm so big into charity and support is because, you know, I feel an obligation to give back. And the best thing you can do, we sponsor a bunch of schools throughout the country. In fact we partner with them is to take a course. If you're, you know, whether you, you join my program or not, whether you, you know, want to, want to get into this business, if you want to ride, uh, you got to take a class and don't buy the biggest bike. Don't buy the fastest bike. Just buy something, uh, that, that, you know, gets you, gets you kind of familiar with the bike, but, uh, safety is, is so critical and so important. Uh, you know, uh, these accidents are severe and I, I don't like to see anyone, get hurt. In fact, I'm on a board in Phoenix, uh, Arizona Motorcycle Safety and Awareness Foundation. I'm the chairman of that group, and we promote motorcycle safety awareness. We give away uh, scholarships for helmets. We offset the helmets by 50% if anyone wants a helmet, and we also subsidize uh, motorcycle safety schools. So it's usually about $300 to take a, a three-day course, which gives you your endorsement, and we offset that by 50%. Now, we work with the Governor's Office of Highway Safety with you know private companies uh, like my own I, I donate money to the cause as there's a number of other uh businesses but you know it's, it's important that you're trained properly we have an obligation uh if we are going to get on the motorcycle to, to know what we're doing you, you shouldn't be drinking or driving uh you you should be safe you shouldn't be breaking the law um and you should be preparing yourself because it is it is dangerous i mean you're you're not protected and 
you're gone two wheels. So you need to know what you're doing before you get on a bike. That's for sure. <laughs> so I think that kind of brings us to a little bit of a closing here. And at the end, what we like to do, Ari, is basically give three takeaways, um, three actionable items about our discussion that these, our listeners can do and actually enact potentially either today or, you know, something maybe down the road. Um, what are three takeaways in your mind about niche marketing and what we've been discussing? Well, first would be, you know, if you're going to get into a niche, and I'm a big believer in it. Uh, I talk to Michael Mogul about it all the time, and he talks about niching down, and I couldn't agree with him more. You know, if you're going to do something, uh, you're going to focus on a niche, make sure it's something that you're passionate about. Just don't do it for the money. Do, do something that you like, whether it's boating or bicycles or trucking or, you know, uh, whatever it may be. It needs to be something that you truly believe in and that you're going to be passionate about. Because if you don't, you know, people are going to see right through it. It's inauthentic and it's just not, uh, you know, it's just not advisable. Because then you look like you're just trying to, you know, simply take advantage of an opportunity. That's number one. Second thing is, is do your homework. You know, whether you look at a program like mine or another third-party provider of business, talk to other people that have done it. You know, do your research. Don't just, you know throw money at something because you think it's the latest and greatest. Uh, I know many people who have invested in opportunities, not just within the motorcycle space, but elsewhere, thinking that they're going to transform their practice they're going to, or, or save their practice, only to find that you know the person or the company made a bunch of promises they couldn't keep or they were just one of many. Uh, that happens oftentimes with agencies that, that, uh, that companies hire. And, and you know, let's face it, a lot of law firms, don't understand the business of the law or the marketing associated with it. You go to law school, you're not trained on how to run a business. You're trained on how to, you know, try a case. Um, you're trained on the legal aspects of the business, not the business aspects. So please make sure to do your homework and, 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 you know, don't just make a quick decision, especially if you're making a sizable investment. Um, I think that's, that's critical. And, um, I think the third thing I would, I would say is, um, you know, be prepared to make the investment that is required in whatever you do. I've seen it a million times. If you're going to get into something and you agree to do it, go all in. Assuming you've, you've done your homework, don't half-ass something where you feel like you've got to cut back or you've got to watch the spend. I tell my members, look, the program works. What we do works, okay? But it only works if you're willing to make the investment and the commitment. And so if I say you have a certain budget to spend or need to spend, uh, or you have to put in a certain amount of time and money into the program, you got to do it. Because as an expert, I've seen it. I see what works and what doesn't. And if you're trying to go in, you know, half-cocked, if you will, or you don't have the financial means, both the vendor, in this case me, and you as a lawyer is going to lose out. Uh, and so um, make sure that you have the investment you need. And and they understand that, that programs take time. And I tell people all the time, look, this is not a quick fix. What I do works, but it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to build a brand. It takes time, you know, for cases to settle. It, 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 it's going to happen, but it's going to take time and the investment. It's not just a year one investment. Many times these programs that you see that are successful have developed over years and taken, you know, gradually grown. You see the success now, but you don't see everything that it took to get there. And I think that's true of anything you do. Uh, it just takes time. So those really are the three that I would, I would recommend. 
Ari, those are all really, really great. And I really I want to kind of like go back to the first one you gave because it's so powerful, right? Like you got to niche down. And I think that's what's amazing about what you guys are doing. But at the same time, I also think that a lot of attorneys are making the mistake of necessarily trying to draw a direct line between the type of accident that they're after and the segment, right? And in your case, that right. is possible because motorcycle riders are likely, if they ever going to be on a injured for it to come as a consequence of uh, something that has to do with their lifestyle choices. However, you can still right. hyper-segment your market and go after a particular niche that doesn't necessarily mean uh, you're going to go after truck drivers or you're going to have a, after a particular kind of uh, motor vehicle driver, right? It could be just another, another way of segment your audience, just focusing on a particular part of your community cater to them be a source of information today be reliable source of legal help to them and then the cases are going to come when they need you right and so yeah it's, what, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that actually because there's a firm in, in arizona uh that i admire because uh they are like that they're not really targeted to one segment but they go into schools and they work with like first responders and, uh, and, um, because they are, uh, ingrained in the community, they do a lot of business and there's a, they're a general PI firm. Um, but they're, they're, they're really big into schools and, and hospitals and, and, you know, uh, uh, school police officers and whatnot. And, and their business has grown exponentially. Uh, in fact, uh, 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 one of them is on, on my motorcycle board and they get some motorcycle business. They're not as targeted as us, but you know, I think really the key is the community. And it's funny you mentioned that like trucking, you know, people have said, well, why don't you do this in trucking? Like I said, my response is, well, it's really who, who am I, who am I going to target? You know, you're not going after the truck drivers. They're, they're the adverse party. So how do you get in front of people that maybe are going to be in a, in a, in a truck accident, right? There's no like, you know, community for that. Uh, I think the closest thing would probably be boating, you know, or, or cycling, bicycling, because they do have their own communities. In fact, I'm a big side-by-side -side rider, and, and I've thought about maybe getting involved in that, but then you think to yourself, is there really a market for that? You know, look, we're in business. You've got you've to look at the opportunities that present themselves as well. And, you know, when you talk about side-by-side, -side, those are the, you know, the UTVs, they call them, and I, I'm a big enthusiast myself. You know, is, are there are there opportunities? Are they insured? Is there an advert? So you've got to really do your homework to see what what you know opportunities are really available um, before you jump into the niche and think you're going to be you know you're going to be the the uh, the you know the next boating lawyer or you know burn uh, the guy that does burn burn law. You know, luckily, um, you know, in our case, there's there's you know opportunity there. And again, I, I say that cautiously i don't wish harm to anyone but you know in any given state there's anywhere from a thousand and in some cases like florida california seven eight nine thousand uh, motorcycle accidents a year um and so there's already that those those opportunities there then it's just a, a question of what percentage of the market can you can you capture can you realize yeah and we do this we do studies and and we do we provide performance and you know we we try to uh try to um you know project 
what percentage of that. And it's a very small percent. You know, when we're talking about market share, for us to be successful, it doesn't require, you know, 30, 40% market share. If we can obtain, you know, 5, 10% market share in most markets, that still translates into a lucrative practice. These cases tend to be much more valuable. Uh, uh, and I say that from an economic standpoint, uh, no disrespect, but because the injuries are, are severe. So you don't need uh, hundreds and hundreds of cases. And, and I actually prefer that because I'd rather my firms you know, have less cases and really take good care of the clients than be this big mill with hundreds and hundreds where the clients aren't necessarily taken care of. And we, you know, we require our, our firms to commun- communicate constantly and regularly with, with, uh, with their clients. And we have a whole back-end program with client appreciation events and client referral kits and communication and birthday cards and holiday cards and, and the like. So just because, just because uh, you're not a client anymore doesn't mean that we don't value you. And we do keep in touch and we do provide opportunities uh, for, for former clients as well. So it's a very, very special niche. And it's, it's, again, not just about the money. It's really about taking care of our own and providing a valuable service to people that, that need us. Yeah, excellent. Well, Ari, thank you so much. We know you have a very, very busy day ahead of you. So we appreciate you taking time to talk to us in what could easily be one of the busiest weeks in the year for you. So again, thank you. We're looking forward to having another conversation sometime soon. We could have talked hours with you about yeah. all of this. So much fun. Yeah, I apologize for ranting on. I tend once you get me going, I tend to. I'm very passionate about. I tend to talk, but I'm actually looking forward to gearing up, and I'm actually going for a ride. One of my friends, who I think Grace knows quite well, Harlan Schillinger, he actually also is an avid motorcycle enthusiast, and um, he he has a home out here in the Black Hills. Uh, he spends the summers out here, and he's part of a group that I'm uh, being sponsored to be part of. It's a motorcycle group of like-minded individuals. And so he and I are going for a ride today and having lunch. So Excellent. I'm really excited to, uh, to yeah. spend the day with him. S- send our regards to Harlan. Harlan is a friend of In Camera Podcast. He's been before, so we're, we, we envy you guys. Enjoy, have fun, stay safe, and wear a helmet. <laughs> I will. I always do. Thank you, guys. And you stay safe, too. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Grace, honestly, what a fun and really interesting conversation, right? I mean, it really was that, uh, you know, I'm a writer, so it's fun. Honestly, that the writer thing, Grace, I mean, I still cannot put it through my mind. Like it came up before uh, a few weeks ago in another episode that that, that you're a writer. I need a picture. Like I need a photograph. I need to visualize that. I can't with that, with the wide world behind you like it doesn't help me to really see you on that honda like i need to see it was a suzuki jixer 750 okay yes gsxr 750 not a 600 stripped down blue and white that's what i I need need the visuals i need the visuals so please 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 okay i still have my gear you know I honestly, I admire you. I think writing, it's, you know, just like Ari said, like the sense of freedom, right? I mean, look at him. Like we're here, lockdown, pandemic. He's there, you know, in the mountains, writing with our friend Harlan. You know, I mean, like. We're just, you know what? We are a community that it's not so much that we don't care. It's that we want to be free. 
And we want to be able to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And yeah. so I totally understand where Ari was coming from and all the things he said. Yeah, I get it. Listen, I understand, you know, um, you got to go for what you got to go. But, you know, pandemic's not going to slow down on you uh, in any way. So absolutely there, uh, you know, a very, very um, interesting part of the conversation there, you know, make your choices and your devotion to your community, to uh, who you serve. That's really deep and uh, gets you to reflect a lot. Grace, let's go into the takeaways, right? Because I think, honestly, Ari already gave here some really good stuff. Um, what do you have? What would you say takeaway number one would be? So I think um, using a little bit of his, you know, do your homework before you go into a niche. You know, you need to be passionate about it because it, it, it takes time to work. Um, and so before you even do that, though, you need to check the numbers and quality over quantity, right? You you want the, for lack of a better word, the better cases, you know, for the, for the less uh, quantity of cases, you know? And so make sure that you check the niche before you go into it and that it can actually support the marketing program that you need to put together and the time that it's going to take to put it together. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, uh, the, the way that, um, you know, throughout this conversation, data was brought up and understanding of the market and analytics is quite remarkable. You can see that, you know, things are not just done by passion. They're actually done because they're uh, being uh, proven to work and to be effective. So that 100% is a thing, Grace. I really think, you know, and, you know, I run a Hispanic-centered legal marketing agency, and I 100%, you have to niche down, right? You have to niche down. You have to talk to the individuals behind those accidents, those mm -hmm. bankruptcies, those divorces, right? And you have to get to them first as individuals connect with them at a human level, yep. right? And then get them to become your clients. And that's exactly what they're doing here, right? Mm -hmm. Like, first and above all, you know, we're writers like you and we want you guys to be safe. That's right. that's that's it, right? Now come, you know, worst come to worst, we're also here to help. But first of all, we wanna just tell you we, we are what you are, right? We appreciate the same thing. So, and so I think that's so valuable. That's so deep. And, uh, you know, needless to say, speaks to the success of this organization. Grace, take takeaway number two. So that's perfect for the next takeaway. And that is being the resource for your niche. If you're not passionate about something, how can you truly be a resource, right? That's the way I look at it. But that's it's a little more than that, too. It's, you know, being there at, like he was talking about, I immediately... When Ari was discussing about the safety courses and all of that, you know, I immediately thought of Abate, which is one of these um, organizations that basically does the um, the motorcycle endorsement training to basically let you know all the things that are involved in the insurance and and things of that nature. And I know Ari's actually had lawyers speaking at these different things, um, you know, lawyers in his, in his uh, membership. So you know be the resource for your niche, be there where, where they need you and let the data dictate where that is. Yeah, I agree, Grace. I have nothing to add to it. It's just what it is. It, yep. it has to be that way. Grace, you know what? I'm going to go with takeaway number three. No half-assed efforts. Just go in, right? Don't That's do right. it. Don't yes. do it. If you're not going to put the effort, the time, the investment, 
don't bother. Don't bother. Yeah, we're always talking about that, though, right? If you if you're if you're just gonna do it halfway, it, it's might as well. You're literally taking money and throwing it out the window. Yeah, have targets, accountability in place. But with that being said, don't go in to get out. Don't go in thinking how is it that you're gonna make a decision on breaking away from your decision before you're even started, right? And so. That's one of the reasons why you want to go after people that have proven records, right? To know what they're doing. Exactly. You 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 don't want to who do you want to be with, right? The person that's been out there, someone like Law Tigers that's done this, has the data to prove it and back it up and is actually a part of the community, or you're gonna grab some fly by night. Of course. Yep. You're gonna grab someone like Liel who's in Spanish legal marketing, and that's who you're gonna use because you know he's the person that you need to go to for this type of thing. Same with Ari and Law Tigers in motorcycle practice area marketing. <laughs> Grace, thank you for the plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> at, the end, at the end of the day, Grace, whomever, whatever it is that you're going to do, do it, do it with data, do it with a purpose, have goals, and be passionate. Push hard. Yeah. Okay, Grace. Um, Anyhow, great conversation. Looking forward for another talk next week. Have a great, great, great rest of your day. Stay safe. You too. Thanks, Leo. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at incamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week.